Hello and welcome to the Pinstripe Alley podcast. That's right, we are back. Why? Because, well, it's baseball season, kinda. Uh, we're in spring training now, thankfully, so all the meaningless games are well underway. Um, there's a new format going on with the Pinstripe Alley podcast. Well, not so much a new format as much as uh, a new host. Uh, joining me will be uh, my fellow no- news-slash-link-dumper, uh, Kun Shaw. Did I pronounce that correctly? I've only met you, like, I don't know, ten times in life. You did pronounce it correctly, and hello! <laughs> Thanks for the welcome. Hooray! We're, we're already off to a good start. Yes, you got my name right. That's that's big. By the way, I am Greg Kirkland. You've been pronouncing that right, I hope. You're not Tyler Norton. No. Interesting. Oh, I'll make a note of that. <laughs> Is this it? Are you out? Are you done with the podcast now? <laughs> yes. That's it. Good first episode, guys. Hope you keep uh, tuned back in. Yes. But, uh, I know. <laughs> I'm no Tyler. Okay. So, Greg got it. As for those of you who don't know, uh, Tyler Norton is our new site manager, managing editor. That's why you don't really hear waffles on the program anymore. Uh, Tanya has moved on to, I guess we could say, bigger and better things. Yes. Uh, she's the new league manager of uh, SB Nation, uh, MLB side. So congrats to her. I'm sure she'll be on, you know, you know, guesting, guest uh, podcaster because the Yankees still do have Greg Bird and... I'm pretty sure she needs to remind us that Greg Bird hit three home runs for her once. You know, I almost forgot that he did, but I'm glad you reminded me. But I still don't believe it, so we'll have to bring her back one day. Yes, and I'm sure we'll bring back you-know-who. Merns! Merns, yes. Dastardly Merns, who is now at a cut four. So, again, bigger and better things. Not for us, though. We're here podcasting. <laughs> Well, we wish them both the best of luck. I don't. Screw them. We wish her best of luck. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, baseball's back. It's also Girl Scout cookie season, which, at this point in the game, is probably more important than spring training. Girl Scout cookies actually matter right now, whereas baseball, quote-unquote, matters. I think we're we're pretty much at the, um, or at least I'm already at the, uh, just don't get hurt phase no oh, that's me every spring training it's me during the regular season too you know just, just, just stay healthy just never yeah. be injured exactly uh, that's not too much uh, robinson cano did it for nine years and you know they hey, got rid of him but he doesn't hustle you need right. to hustle of course, of course not and it's only taken the yankees what four or five years to have a now they have a competition at second base because you know, Starlin Castro, you know, as much as he hit over 300, he still swung like Starlin Castro at, you know, stuff in the other batter box. I say this all the time, but he really has to be the worst 300 hitter I've ever seen. Easily. He's, uh, it's 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 almost infuriating. I don't know what upset me more, the swinging at stuff in the other batter's box or the inability to field a basic ground ball at times. Yeah. It's really hard to tell what frustrates you the most about Stone Castro, but I think, like, for me, it's definitely just the fact that people kept thinking he's good because he's 300. Like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 
he's you realize he's probably gonna if he keeps going he'll probably hit three thousand hits and we're just gonna be like what do you do with him like right. you put him in the hall I, I'll put him in a hole <laughs> just, sit up the hall not the hall out. <laughs> be hall monitor maybe is that a thing that exists the hall of fame I haven't been to Cooperstown for a while I've never been but I'm gonna pretend it does. Yeah, well, we'll find out when uh, Mariano Rivera gets um, inducted, because I plan to go when that happens. Yes. I said, I, I've, if I had to choose one between going for uh, Mo or going for Jeets, I'm I'm going to choose Mo. Well, you're just going to disretupect him like that? Wow. I am. Sorry. It's <laughs> okay, I, mean, I forgive he you. Did, he did give us Giancarlo Stanton, so I can't complain about him too much. I'll be honest, like... You know, there's a lot of all the crap that's going on with Jeets. I love uh, corporate heel Jeets. I think it's like, it's made our job easier during the offseason when there was literally nothing going on. And then Jeter would just fire some dude who was like in the hospital because he's Jeter. And it was great because I got to put that in the news. Exactly. That's the best part of corporate heel Jeets. (laughs) It's literally like, well, there's still a lot of nothing going on in the sport. Oh, Jeter did something. That's in. That goes in, but that put Jeter in the URL, and I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. My favorite thing about it is like how many people are surprised by this, and that's not to say like you know Jeter is a bad person or anything per se. It's just we have no idea what Jeter was, so like this is kind of expected in an unexpected way. Yeah, I mean it, it's the same Jeter snark, which right. just instead of being you know a Hall of Fame shortstop, he's now a team owner. One. One allows you to do certain things, and the other... I mean, it still allows you to do it, you just get more scrutinized for it when you're not, you know, putting up clutch clutchness. Yeah, and honestly, like, the whole, like, stripping down the team and that people, like, that obviously Marlins fans are the most affected by and annoyed by that, it's still not even, like, the worst idea, because what he's trying to do does kind of make sense in theory. It's just the way he's going about it, it's... um. Kind of dickish. Ideal. Yes, that's yeah. really better. <laughs> I like how you went for the more, you know, correct way to say it, and I just said, no, he's a dick. Well, you know, I'm still trying. I'm still getting my feet wet with the whole podcasting thing. That's fine. Three minutes later, just dropping <laughs> F-bombs everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have the Mern's uh, sound effect uh, of me doing the clown horn thing, which he used to put into... <laughs> censoring uh, our F-bombs on the podcast, but I'll search for it. I could theoretically always make a new one, but I'm also lazy. You could just censor it with Merns! That's true. That that could be our new official, like, censoring thing. Yes. Sure, he'll appreciate <laughs> it. He'll love it. But, uh, I mean, again, Jeet's got us Giancarlo Stanton, so love you, corporate heel Jeet. Yes. I am very excited that Giancarlo Stanton is a Yankee. Which, by the way, in case you guys don't know, Giancarlo Stanton is a Yankee, and it's amazing. Yes, uh, seeing him wearing pinstripes, uh, flicking his wrists, and hitting off-the-wall doubles. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen... I don't know how much of uh, spring training you've watched, but I probably watched that clip about 20 times of him like just reaching for one, and just with his raw Stanton power... Like, almost hitting it over the wall. Yeah, people shouldn't be able to do that. And it's amazing that we have two people that can do that on the Yankees. Oh, yeah. I always I always tell, like, in terms of, like, judge home runs, yeah, the 495-foot one was really impressive. 
But the one that always impressed me the most was, and even David Cohen was, you know, remarking on this on Yes Network when it happened. Um, the one he hit that really didn't get that far off the ground, and you know, he said for any other player that would be a double, but Judge's raw power just made it go over the wall. Yeah, and it's like that. That's just impressive. That's what that was like the best part about the home run derby too. It was just like it was just that was just on full on display when he hit like 475 home runs in that derby. I think that number is accurate Something by the like way. That. Yeah. I, I mean, he hit the roof, which yeah. again is uh, science had deemed Marlin- impossible. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Judge Power defying science, and we have Judge and Stanton in the same lineup. It's unbelievable. I say, it's I still, cool. I still don't believe it. I know. I again, this is why, like, my credo is just, just stay healthy because I want to see this during the year. Right. Well, I've been oh. saying this since like the the Yankees got John Carlos Stanton was. I can't wait. I mean, it, expecting this is probably unreasonable, but I'm 100% expecting it and will be disappointed if it doesn't happen. But I want to see Judge, Stanton, Gary, and Bird just go back to back to back to back. And a belly. To, I'm all right. I won't. I won't do. Uh, I won't do uh, John Sterling on this podcast yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> oh, have we? Have we? Uh, have you thought of uh, John Sterling home run call for Stanton yet? You know, I've been trying to think of, like, one that he would come up with, and I just don't know because he's so weird with his calls. There was one I, I read the other day that I was just like, this is too too good for John Sterling to actually use, and I just don't remember what it was. If I saw one like that. Um, it was uh, Giancarlo drops the mic. And yes. I was like, that is actually, that's actually so clever he won't use it. That, that That's exactly the one I saw. I forgot somebody had tweeted it, but I noticed it when I was looking up news that day. I was like, this is really good. Yeah. Who, I was just trying to, there was one, like, last year that was very clever for, for Sterling. Like, actually, like, this is actually a really good one. I forget who it was. I can't actually remember who he did that home run call for. And I guess it bothers me a bit because I thought it was good, but it just gets muddled in all the other John Sterling noise, right. which I still appreciate, but, like, you know, it's not good. No, yeah, 100%. And, like, I love the shtick of, like, you know, giving everyone their own home run call and making it, like, cheesy and punny. But there's a fun way to do that and a good way to do that, and then there's a bad way to do that. And that's what ends up happening a lot of the times. I always said, I I'm a f- every time he doesn't sing, I consider that a good, essentially a good John Sterling pun. When he sings, yeah. that's when it kind of gets into cringy territory. Yeah. And you know, sure, the Grandy Man can was catchy, but yeah. I, was just, I was just about to say, I think that's like the only one that like, even though I didn't like it, I didn't hate it. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Like There's I'm not many I hate. I maybe, maybe when he speaks another language, that's another one that's like, okay, come on. Yeah. But if anything, he should just consult us and let you and me come up with the calls, and then just use those. I agree. I, I, I 100% agree. John Carlo drops the mic because that person deserves a lot of credit, and I wish I could give it to exactly. Him. I know. I I mean, I would steal it for my own, but. I don't I don't steal other people's puns. (laughs) 
Oh, the awkward silence. Uh, Sorry, I'll, yeah. I was trying to figure out. It was at Jake MHS. I don't know who that was. Oh, yes. Uh, Jake, he, he ruins the one train. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, so I, uh, he was the one that tweeted it out, and I was like, this is really good. Yeah, I think he said he found it from someone else, too. But yeah. I can't remember. But I remember we were talking about, you know, Stalin Castro in second base. And, you know, I love how there's an actual competition for second base now. And, again, I was really – I mean, we got Stanton for him, so I was equally or even more happy that we got rid of Starling Castro. But I'm excited for the second base competition. Yeah, I mean, is it so much a competition, or is it just a competition to see who could be Glaber Torres' placeholder? Because I think that's what everybody's banking on right now. It seems like it. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people are high on Tyler Wade, and you know, I have, I have, I think Tyler Wade will pre- be pretty good. But I'm pretty sure they're just holding a spot for Glaber at this point, even though he his spring hasn't been the best. No, and I think that's okay though. I mean, he hasn't played baseball since June, or I think it was June. Yeah, is when he went down with his injury. And I mean, granted, it was Tommy John surgery in his non-throwing hand, so it's not as um. It's not as drastic or, you know, hurtful for him in the long run, in theory, but he still has a lot of rust to shake off. And actually, if anything, his rust right now is going to help Brian Cashman and the team because they could just use that as the excuse to keep him down for an extra two weeks, even though we all know they're going to do that anyway because they want to manipulate his service time, which they, as wrong as it is, they absolutely should. I don't see why they wouldn't. It's a good business decision. I mean, you can't really be upset with it, especially as a fan, because you get him for longer. I mean, I I would also be perfectly okay with them just if he's doing well, just rolling out of spring training with him, because oh, no, that like, kind of stuff. I is would also... love to see that, especially because you know you want to see that for the young kid, and it's all exciting. But again, I can't blame the Yankees for not wanting to do that. And honestly, I wouldn't. This kind of helps segue into Miguel Andujar because I wouldn't be surprised if they did the same thing for him. And yeah. I expect them to. I don't see why they wouldn't. Like it's a, it, mean, it's nice in theory to think that they would just, you know, bring the best team forward and bring the best team up. But I, there's no reason not to keep them down to get that extra year out of them, especially considering how conscious they are with their salaries, you know, nowadays. <laughs> Which, again, seems completely silly to me because they're the freaking Yankees. Yes. Like, it's absurd. The cost effective Yankees are like, really? Like, just, just spend money. Well, it's like that thing you wrote, uh, like maybe it was a month or two ago, maybe longer, maybe less. I don't know exactly when, but about asking why do we as fans care about the luxury tax and the salary, like what the Yankees payroll is. And it's, yeah, I don't, I think what people really failed to answer was still the why and, they made it seem like it was this, this, and this, but I think the only reason that people actually care is because the Yankees care, so it makes them think they have to care. Yeah, uh, which, again, seems absolutely absurd to me. I'm like, yeah, but it's I, it's like you have to remind people. It's like it's not your money. Yeah. Like, And I think there's a part of that, and I remember just responding to people who actually went out to answer the question – and but I still have the same questions like but why do you care? It's like this isn't. I was like I get why they care. Like you said, like I get why Cashman and Steinbrenner want to keep 
labor down for an extra two weeks because it's cost effective. But it's like, I don't care. Right. You know, and I mean, think- I, I, if they bring him up and they, you know, just have to pay him more for his services, I'm like, good. Damn, he's worth it. Right. I'd always I'd always prefer the player getting money than, you know, hell buying another yacht, which, to be honest, even if he's paying labor, he could still buy another yacht. He has a lot. Of- exactly. That's. Exactly. It's like he can still get that yacht. He could get probably a couple yachts. Yeah, he can name Glaber. Hey, you can name one uh, Andor and one Torres. You know, you can do whatever you want. But, I mean, honestly, Andor is not giving them a reason to send him down. No, he's He's, um, He does not. No, he's pretty much the hottest hitter in spring right now. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, him come out. Because, you know, sometimes, and that's not to say this is, you know, him or anything like that, but a lot of times if you, with the acquisition of Brandon Drury, you would think that maybe, you know, a player would be disheartened by that. No, it seems like he's fueled by that, which is awesome. Yeah. It would be great to see him two weeks after opening day. Yeah, or on opening day. I'm, I'm also, yeah, I'm fine with that. Oh, no, I'm fine with it. I'm hoping for it, but I'm just not expecting the Yankees to do that because... I can't think of a reason for them to do that. Yeah. I would have been before Drury came around, but with Drury, I, obviously he'll, he can man third, and then you really only have to worry about dealing with like a Ronald Torres, Tyler Wade situation at second base for two weeks instead of dealing with both of them at second and third. And that's not to say they're bad options. I mean, Tyler Wade, he was abysmal last year but i'm not going to give credence like any credit to like four or five games or the his small sample size is the point yeah exactly torres is torres i mean he's there he's fine for two yeah he he's great for you know the judge torres uh photo ops and what will probably soon be uh stanton torres photo ops too because there's no reason not to do it with that you know him too i can't wait to see dd lift stanton to high five torres I love I love DD so much until right now, but I need it. I I still find it so amazing that one Cashman just traded literally Shane Green for Sir DD Gregorius, and two that DD Gregorius is like one of the greatest human beings on the planet. Just have you considered this wonderful smile? (laughs) No, no, he's awesome. But have you considered that for those two games in that first year? Shane Green was going to win the Cy Young. So, I've... Um, so, excuse me. It was three games. He had three games where he was going to win the Cy Young. And now he's, I think, the Tigers' closer. Whatever that Is means. Is he their closer? I think he was last year. And then, you know, <laughs> it's the Tigers' bullpen. So who actually knows what that means? You know, you just—I was just thinking, like with Verlander, because I thought I think it was announced today that Verlander is going to be the starting, uh, the opening day starter for the Houston Astros, and I just think that how weird that is, just because he was on the Tigers. Can you imagine if the Tigers had an actually good bullpen during like the prime of Verlander and when Miguel Cabrera was good? It it would have changed everything. Honestly, when um, David Robertson hit free agency. And, you know, the Yankees decided to be jerk stores and not bring him back and break my heart. I thought he was going to the Tigers. I'm like, that makes sense. They could just, they have the money, first of all. They can just throw it at him. 
And he's actually somebody they could use because that's been their one problem. That was what, 2013, I believe? 2013 or 14? Well, the, the offseason between 13 and 14. Oh, okay. And yeah, something like that. He ended up Sox. I'm like, Tigers, what are you doing? Well, the White Sox were at least trying to go for it at that point, no, and then everything sense. fell apart for them. <laughs> it made sense for the White Sox to get him at, at the time, at least, but I was just shocked that he didn't end up on the Tigers. And I'm still mad at the Yankees because I had to live without him for two years. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still not over Cano leaving, so I'll give you that. Um, yeah. I just think of, like, Cano on this lineup, and it just makes me both smile and sigh because I really want Cano back. <laughs> I'm still I'm still not okay with him not being on the Yankees, and it's been years. Oh no, absolutely, because there was no reason not to. Yeah, it was just, and... again, it was it was just money. That getting back to the whole, you know, Yankees spending money thing, yeah. and I'm like, who cares? Like, I get if I get. You know, you don't want to give him years, you know, 10 years or whatever, fine. I, I get that as a logical premise for not bringing Cano back, but 8, 200? All right. All right, let's – I'm not going to go on a Cano <laughs> rant on this podcast here. We'll, we'll vent about Cano another day. I'm sure. When he I comes back box. to the stadium and hits, like, two home runs, I'll, I'll, yell at, I'll yell at people for that too. But the important thing is that I just look at it, like, back to Cano and just – it's taken them so long just to – attempt to replace his production at second base and with you know glaber they might actually have a chance now i mean considering he's like what the sixth best prop prospect in baseball number yeah. one on the yankees i mean he'd probably still be in like the top two or three if you know he didn't miss time with the injury i think that's why a lot of people gave him a little bit of a not a hard time but that's what dropped him in the rankings but dropped him to sixth or fifth overall oh no <laughs> heavens <laughs> How do we live with this? And yeah, the shame of not, it all. Not to you know put any extra pressure on Torres than he needs, but if he can turn into anything resembling Cano, that's a... yeah, that'd be um, swell. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just it's just upsetting that you know we're trying to maybe get the next Cano when they could have had you know the current Cano. Yeah, oh, well. it's like. I mean, that's still my favorite thing about this offseason. Nothing that the Yankees did, but just the, um, like, the Twins signed Addison Reed. And, like, at the beginning of the offseason, the Mets were looking for, and I quote, like, an Addison Reed-type starter, or type reliever. Like, but, you know, actual Addison Reed is available. Just just sign him. And the Twins didn't spend that much on him. So no. I'm like, why, why Mets? The Mets are going to Mets. Well, I think that was right around the same time when they said that they didn't want to get into the, and I I quote, inferno that is the free agent relief market. So they were going to, they were perfectly happy waiting it out till January, (laughs) which whatever that means, it's on par with the Orioles, I think it was, that don't philosophically believe in international free agents or posting, whatever it was. Or anything, really. That's why they didn't want to go after Shohei Otani. Like, we just don't believe in that philosophically. Yeah, those are words, but those aren't words that make sense. That's nothing. You just said nothing. Yeah, the the Orioles are good at that, admittedly. Yes, they, they are pretty much the team of talking loud and saying nothing at this point. Yep. I don't even know if they talk that loudly, but no, they're just there. <laughs> there are a lot of. There are honestly going to be a lot of teams that are just there this season. 
Yeah. Not the Yankees, though. The Yankees are going for it. Let's... I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Talking point. Oh, no, I was just... like, Oh, sorry, what was that? No, I was just thinking, like, we were talking about how, you know, Drury, uh, Torres, Tyler Wade, and there's probably someone else I'm forgetting who are probably going to be battling it out for the, you know, utility bench person. And I'm just thinking, that's a really good problem to have. You know, they're... Awesome problem. Like, I just think, you know, just going back to the Mets, because, again, Mets, um, I... I honestly can't remember who's going to play third base for them. Um, the Todd father from Tom's River, who was right. That's uh, right. Peter. They did sign Todd Frazier. I honestly forgot that they did. You have to use his full name, Todd, Todd Frazier from Tom's River, who, uh, who won the Little League World Series and has a picture with Dark Jeter. That's on his birth certificate. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, it happened. We we've constantly been reminded that it happened. And again, Tom's River, New Jersey, loves him. Yes. As they should. Yes. But yeah, I completely forgot that they signed uh, Todd Frazier. The Mets actually have been more than most teams active this uh, off season, just in the most Mets way possible. Right, like Todd Frazier was a good pickup for them, but then they also signed like Adrian Gonzalez and Anthony Swarzak, and like tried to sell that off as like, yeah, we did stuff. Uh huh. I believe Swarzak is uh, already injured. I mean, he put on the Mets uniform, right? They're, I think they're dropping like fly and flies in uh, Port St. Lucie. I think that's where they play. Sure. I mean, I usually just say meanwhile in Queens, but yeah, right now Queens. in spring training. so <laughs> It's Queens. It is Queens. I do miss Queens a bit. Yeah. But enough, not enough of my pining for <laughs> <laughs> Queens like, and tacos and everything. To go back to your earlier point about like the competition, it's awesome because it's not even just in the – Field. The outfield has its own competition going, and obviously, you know, you know, big names like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, but you know, that's still they have still have a good problem there, which is too many players. Yeah, and Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, and Jacoby Ellsbury, <laughs> who is again almost Metzian, uh, already injured. Yes, uh, mild oblique strain, I believe, which you know, sounds about right. So you know, he's done for the year. <laughs> I mean, he almost is anyway, but uh, I mean, I don't think we were en- under any illusion that he was going to win the starting center fielder job, like pretty much going to Aaron Hicks. Well, no, even like Brian Cashman even came out and said, and his reasoning was my favorite part. It was like, it wasn't even like, oh, we believe in Aaron Hicks. It was just Hicks ended the season as a center fielder. So, you know, I think we'll go with that. Like, yeah, most winning endorsement ever. And then obviously, you know, he did come out and say that, you know, it's for Ellsbury to win his job back and nothing set in stone, which I think is still good because as great as Hicks was earlier in the year last year, I mean, that's still all it was was just the first half and then he got hurt and then he wasn't really all that great and looked at his career with the Twins. There's really no track record there. It's just I think he has the higher ceiling at this point than Ellsbury who, well, fell off the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Ellsbury's ceiling right now is pretty much that shelf where you just keep random crap on. Yeah, he could sit next to that book I'm never going to read. I don't know what I was going for there. I thought I had some. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I usually put, like, I don't know, toilet paper on that shelf, paper towels. 
Well, at least he's Although still the most handsome Yankee. He'll he'll have that until you know. I don't know, but if what if they bring in Tyler Wade, who's just younger, better looking Jacoby Ellsbury? I think I'm going to go with Ellsbury still on this. Oh, okay. Personally, I'm glad we're having this. Isn't this is the important discussion? Yes. Meanwhile, keep, speaking of handsome, you know, my boy uh, Brett Gardner still still in left field. That's I, the I swear, like you know me. Speaking of handsome, Brett Gardner. Oh yeah, <laughs> his, his wonderful shiny cue ball head. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's almost perfectly shaped, like you know, cue ball too. Well, he is Mister Clean. Sure. That's a didn't thing. I ask you to? Yes. Didn't I once ask you to make a gif of that weird, sexy Mister Clean Super Bowl ad, but put Gardner's thing on it? That's why I brought it up. <laughs> it was uh. Not one of my proudest moments, I'd say. Come on. That's definitely one of your proudest moments. That. You know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm very concerned. Like, if I have it, I don't know if I'll be happy or upset with myself if I still have it. Probably a mix of both. Yeah, that checks out. But, I mean, the good thing about Gardner is, like, one, he's still on the team, because I swear every offseason I think they're going to trade him, and they don't. So I've really... One day, one offseason, I'll finally stop, like, fretting. You know, I was like, he's he's made it this long when they've had ample opportunity to trade him, and they don't, so... But he, he can hit 20 home runs, and, you know, he can place, you know, backup center field, and, you know, still solid and left... I yeah, mean, and, uh, Stanton Stanton didn't make the best audition in left field, but I guess we could blame the sun for that. Well, at least that's what Aaron Boone said. Like he, I think he his exact words were like they were quote excited about his routes, and but it was just a tough day out there with the sun and the wind. So you know, if it's a cloudy day in the Bronx, Stanton can play left field, but it's like you know, nice and shiny. Maybe we avoid it. Hey, I but, mean, at night it should be fine. You know, a lot of there are a lot of night games out there. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not going to put too much stock in one spring training game. Aren't Aren't you though? Like, admit it. You You've already given up on him. Oh yeah, send him back. Give me Castro. <laughs> put Castro in left field. <laughs> yes, that's what the world. Chuck, Chuck now block him. No, but, and yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that about uh, going back to Brett Gardner for a second was how every offseason... You know, I'm always always willing to go back to Brett Gardner talk. I think you're a fan of his. A bit. A bit. (laughs) No, but it's great because, like, every offseason, like, the the news is always just littered with, here's this trade proposal for Brett Gardner, and this was the year that I feel like I heard the least about it, so this was the only year I was actually convinced it was going to happen because I heard nothing. (laughs) Meanwhile, for the last three or four years, every every other day was, well, we're going to trade Brett Gardner for starting pitching. Well, we're going to trade Brett Gardner for Brandon Phillips. That was the biggest thing. Oh, God, that was the worst idea. Yeah. Anytime People you think the Reds to do help that. you, that's just, that's just not going to work out. <laughs> and it took me a second oh. to remember that their team name is the Reds because I really just couldn't remember what they, they were called. Big Red Machine. Yeah. I love their stadium name, even though I found out it actually is a corporate name. But like the Great American Ball, uh, Great American Ballpark. Yes. I actually think that's a I think that's a great name for a stadium. It is. It's just that I found out it was like corporate. I'm like, eh, it kind of ruins it a bit, but not quite. It's still like clever. Hey, I mean, they could have just been like Tide Ballpark. So 
if they found a corporate sponsor, they found a good one. I don't know. Maybe Tide Field. Tide Field would be a good one. Yeah, but it's the red, so do you expect them to get that part right? No. Usually, like, the color red is what you want washed out of a, a piece of clothing, so I don't know if Tide would be the right fit for that. Exactly. I'm glad we've had this, you know, philosophical discussion. This is the most <laughs> anyone has discussed the Reds in about seven years. Except for Joey Votto. Hey, th- except for Joey, I about to say, except for <laughs> Joey Votto. Which is perfect, you know, because, you know, red maple leaf on the Canadian flag, Joey Votto. It fits somehow. Yep, there's a connection. I hope the Reds never trade him. I hope I hope Joey Votto is a Red for life because it just seems perfect to me. Yeah, and I mean, he's like in his mid-30s. I think he's like 34 at this point. So it's like, just keep him there. Give your franchise something. Honestly, I was afraid like the Red Sox might try to go after him this offseason. But they have Hanley still. Oh, they no, they signed Mitch Moreland again. They did do that. Yes, that was a thing. <laughs> I, I swear there's... I should remember most of the moves of this offseason because there have been so little, and yet I don't. I guess that's how just dull this offseason has yeah, been. I do remember that the Yankees um, traded Starlin Castro in parts for Giancar- uh, Giancarlo Stanton. That was pretty nice. That was still the biggest move of the offseason, I think. I think so. I Can you imagine a bigger one? The only other... <laughs> Sorry, that my mind went somewhere else. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Anyway, I mean, I guess the Otani signing was a big deal too, but it was definitely overshadowed by Stanton and then the offseason of nothing. I mean, I won't lie. I'm even though he's on the Angels, I'm still like very excited to see what uh, Otani can do because you know I have I haven't seen like a pitcher who can bat like him in well ever so i mean it's exciting times i i'll be honest i kind of do love that he didn't go to the mariners just because they pretty much were placing like all their eggs in the otani basket and boy did that not go well no and you know i'm kind of okay with him going to the angels specifically if he didn't come to the yankees because i truly believe mike mike trout deserves a good team and hopefully he can help at least give him an average team around him, and then, you know, Trout can do the rest. Because yeah. he deserves better than what he has. I mean, the, the Angels are pretty much going for it this year. Like, I think they'll be a... I don't know if they're as good as the Astros, but, you know, they'll definitely be in the mix for a wild card, possibly. I think so. Also, because I don't trust the Mariners or the Athletics to do well. Well, and I, the I Mariners were relying on Ben Gamble, and then now they're looking at each to bring Ichiro back to you know, I guess, be there. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I figured the Mariners would possibly sign Ichiro this offseason anyway because, I mean, he'll fill seats. He's an obvious fan favorite. And, you know, I like Ichiro, so I'm perfectly happy with him going to the Mariners. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's just, I don't know. I mean, a team that's out there competing, Ichiro shouldn't be playing. Well, if a team is competing, he shouldn't be on their roster. No offense, but... He's not really good anymore. I still have a little bit of a bad taste uh, from him when he left because he made those comments about he wasn't happy how the Yankees used him. But I was like, wait, if anything, they overplayed you, so you should be happy. Did you want to play less? Yeah. 
Fair enough. I, I but no, I mean, I, it, it doesn't take like, away from Ichiro for me. He's still great, you know, awesome, amazing Ichiro. Yeah. But, no, I mean, yeah, again, I, again, you're relying on Ben Gamble, and I love Ben Gamble and his wonderful hair, but when, yeah, you were relying on Ben Gamble, he's out for a while, and your response is to sign Ichiro Suzuki, and again, love Ichiro, but it's not really the sign of a team that I don't think is going to compete with the Astros or Angels. Yeah, and I guess like the argument for that would be that any of the other like better outfielders out there, they're going to expect more playing time, whereas Ichiro, you can you know let him play for the first month, but he has to understand he's a bench bat. Well, he's just a bench player. I don't even know if he's a bat technically. But the point he is, he still hit. Like hitting is not his problem. But like, oh, I guess it kind of is. But yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you know, if they were to sign like a Melky Cabrera or whatever, he's not going to want to go back to the bench once Ben Gamble gets back. And I guess he's only expected to be out for like a month. Melky Cabrera is still unsigned, isn't he? He is. Wow. So is Mike Moustakis. Yeah, this offseason's weird. It is. I not in the offseason anymore. It's... <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think, like, I could think of maybe at least three to four teams that could use a third baseman. And Mike Moustakis is just there. And it's like, just, I mean, I, he's probably overrated, but I don't think he's under, you know, that underrated, whereas, like, I wouldn't give him, like, a four, five-year deal. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly do a lot worse, and, but this, there's just nobody spending money this year. It's weird, and I guess a lot of teams who want a third baseman maybe don't want to be committed if they think they have a chance at, like, Manny Machado next year? It's But how many... That's the thing with that, too. Because, you know, I've just been hearing that argument a lot. It's like, they're holding out for Machado. I'm like, do you really think you're going to sign him? Yeah, like, it's like, he, he you realize, like... one team. <laughs> yeah. So you realize, but, like, 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 with Harper, like, Machado was probably the most, like, marketable player this offseason, mainly because... Or the next offseason, mainly because I, I still honestly think the Nationals are going to re-sign or extend Harper. They should. Because they absolutely should. He's he's their hometown player. He's still Bryce Harper. He's still incredibly young. I don't know why, unless Harper really wants to test out free agency. But, I mean, he's a he's a known name there. And the Nationals have money. Like I That's why I was so happy. It's one of many, many reasons why I was happy with the Stanton trade. Because I didn't think, you know, obviously a lot of Yankee fans, well, some who didn't, uh, think that they were going to go after Harper. And I'm like, I don't know if he's even going to hit the free agent market. So I would rather, if they could trade Stanton now, than did. Yeah. And now, if anything, because then next year you're focusing on trying to figure out how to get Harper and Machado or something like that. But now you can maybe focus your efforts one way or the other. But it's just... It doesn't make sense, especially to within the world we live in where, you know, teams are ex- keeping their players, extending them. And I get that, you know, Bryce Harper's um, a Scott Boris client. But at the end of the day, we're living in a world where not everybody hits free agency when, you know, they are expected to. And if they do, yeah, it's exactly. a 25-year-old Bryce Harper who's going to command like a $400 million contract, especially if he hits like he did, uh, you know, as he has recently in his MVP form, which he is. Yeah, exactly. And 
I mean, there's like, there's a chance the Yankees might not even go after Machado. I mean, Andujar uh, hitting dingers. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't know if like a full year would stop them from going after Machado because he's the more proven player, but it's possible. Like again, Yankees are really, really pushing the youth movement, the homegrown talent, and fans are on board. And hey, I mean, if you could. Again, not that I want to save the Yankees money, but you allocate the Machado money towards other resources. What I'm saying is they should go for Clayton Kershaw. Yes. Yes, because I fully believe the Dodgers will not try to extend or re-sign him because, again, he, he chokes in the playoffs. He chokes so. in the playoffs. Why would you want that? Exactly. Just Nobody you know, wants give up. Nobody give wants Kershaw. The Yankees, we'll, we'll take him. Like, like, would, like we generously took one year John Carlo. And like two million. Fair enough. I think that's good. Yeah, that's what Clayton Kershaw deserves. Yeah. Clayton, if you're listening, <laughs> I am not serious. But I do want you on the team. And I'm kind of happy that you're listening to the Pinstripe Alley podcast. Yes, well, thank you. Thank you for listening, <laughs> Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> I didn't know you were a fan. Call in next time. And hey, if, if Bryce Harper, you're listening, don't think I don't want you. It's just I really think you're going to re-sign with the Nationals. Yeah, I don't think there's a thing as too many right fielders. Can, can you really imagine an outfield with Judge, Stanton, and Harper? <laughs> That's kind of crazy. And hey, Judge said he can play center field. So well, yes, I, I just say... Sorry. I just said, we do it. Just do it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, both, I think Stanton and Judge are going to get some reps in center and left because Boone wants to increase their versatility because he needs options. So, you know, if there's a day where Brett Gardner and Aaron Hicks both need to sit out, or not both, but one of them, however that may work out, then, you know, he can use both of them in the outfield. Or if, like, both of them need to be out, but Clint Frazier is, you know, healthy and hitting, Clint Frazier could play in left, and then if Judge can fill in for in center for one day, he can do that. Exactly. It's and it's not a bad problem to have. No, the, Yan- the Yankees have really pretty much good problems. They, you know, their pitching is pretty much set. Like, I would have liked another starter, but I'm not that upset that they didn't get, like, you, Darvish, or anyone else, because... You know, they. I think they have enough internal options where, and plus their immense offense, where I think they'll be okay with pitching. Their bullpen is, uh, with you know the obvious addition of David Robertson. Yes. You know, you're welcome. Uh, the the bullpen's pretty set. No, yeah, there's there's sure. real and yeah. I mean, they've already talked like you know they tried Chad Green out as a starter, but I think they said yesterday that yeah they pretty much are going to put him back in the bullpen. It's like I don't blame you. Right, I don't think Red Green starter experiment was anything more than oh no, if somebody comes to camp and gets hurt in like the first week and we have no we have no no backup. I think that's what it was more about than actually trying him out as a starter. Because yeah, but I mean, especially if I think what, it... uh, Montgomery did last year, it'd be rude almost to actually put him in competition <laughs> with Green and. Warren and whoever else, because, I mean, not for nothing, Montgomery received some down-ballot Rookie of the Year votes. So, like, I would have understood if he lost his spot to, like, a U Darvish or something like that, but if you're going to honestly try and convince me that he was still competing for a spot with, like, Chad Green, no. <laughs> By the way, thank you, uh, Jeff Sullivan, for that uh, Gumby vote. Yes. I appreciate it, because 
I mean, I love uh, Montgomery just had such an incredible year last year. Like he looked great and you can't, like you said, it, it'd be kind of rough to, you know, send him down if, or if you're going with a Chad green over him. But again, if I think if anyone goes down, the next logical option would be chance Adams, you know, to come, come up from Scranton. I mean, Hey, he might make the team, but I doubt it. I think they're going to go with who, what they have right now. But I mean, like Chad Green has such good stuff, has such good pitches that he could possibly be a closer one day. Not for us, I don't know, but you know, it's a good. Again, when you have four potential closers on your team, it's a good problem to have. Exactly, and I do think um, that Brian Cashman actually came out and said that if the team, if they don't, if they didn't add anybody, this was like maybe in December or January, if they hadn't added anybody, the Chance Adams would get like the first shot at helping out the major league club. So I'm sure at some point we're going to see him this year. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, he honestly, you know, you keep, you know, you keep hearing like, but is he good enough? And this is like, he's his numbers in spring training pretty much all seem to indicate that he's just about ready. So, it, you know, it's coming, it's coming to the point where you need to figure out what you've got. Exactly. You know, I was setting you up for the obvious pun. You know, as as the I, new co-host, I was I really giving you that. I thought about it, and I was like, oh, no. But you know what? Just give me a chance. I'll do it next time. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I, wanted all, to do I don't ask for much. <laughs> I was trying to sidestep it for the first one. Like, oh, don't go full in, full in on this. But I got to no, give this what they want. In. You want this, right? Of course. Speaking of Aaron Boone, like... What have you thought of him so far, you know? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because I was a big Joe Girardi fan. I thought he was great, you know, especially after the whole A-Rod getting hit by Ryan Dumpster Fire and Girardi coming you know, out. Do you know that's – quick quick segue. Do you know that's an actual word in the uh, Webster, uh, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary now, Dumpster Fire? Is it really? Yes, I, I personally want them to put a picture of Ryan Dempster as they next, should, like, see, that's what as is. they should. Yes, but continue. Sorry. No, that's all right. But yeah, ever since like that game, especially like man, I liked him beforehand, but it, that game when he came out and his vein came out next to him as two separate entities, and he looked like he was about to drop fists and just take down everybody, I became like number one Joe Girardi fan. So I was a little shocked when you know they announced they weren't bringing him back, but. I mean, it's just the way baseball is developed now that front offices are kind of controlling what, like, who plays, when they play, with um, all the analytics and everything. So now it's the manager's job isn't so much making the on-field decisions anymore as much as it is relating to the clubhouse, making sure things are loose, everybody's happy. And I could, I guess you, even from a distance, you could kind of tell that that wasn't necessarily Girardi's strong suit. Not to say that he was bad at it. I mean, I wasn't in there, so I don't actually know. But that's partially why, I mean, that's probably the biggest reason why they're bringing in Aaron Boone, because they feel like he could relate. And so far, I think it's been doing a great job. I mean, just look at his comments with uh, Stanton in left field. He didn't. He was, like, backing him up, trying to give him an out. Like, you know, it's a tough day, the sun, the, the wind. You know, we are so excited about what we saw with him. You know, the first thing he did was reach out to the players, go, like, have individual lunches, dinners with, like, Gary Sanchez. And I think, you know, Gary Sanchez is the key to everything because there was so much speculation about his relationship with Girardi. 
And if that was sour, which obviously neither party's coming out to, it's good to know that the Yankees are prioritizing their young players and, you know, saying like, hey, Gary, we know you're the future of this franchise. We want to make you happy. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, I like you said, I was also a big Joe Girardi fan. I think he was a great manager. Um, Gary Sanchez is more important to the franchise than Joe Girardi is. And I, again, I love Joe Girardi. I love when he almost took a swing at the ump during that one, you know, altercation you mentioned. Uh, I actually liked his comments to the media at times. I mean, I, I will miss the, uh, it's not what you want, <laughs> but no, I mean, bottom line is like, I, I have always been a, like, this even goes back to the Joe Torre days, like, you know, with in terms of his ma- number being retired and everything, I don't think Joe Torre was the best of managers. And to me, I honestly think, like, the hitting, the pitching, and the, like, conditioning people are probably a little bit more important than the manager, unless the manager's making, like, the worst bullpen decisions ever. Right. So, I mean, that that's what we'll wait to see with, in terms of Aaron Boone and how he works with Larry Rothschild on that. I mean, that'll be my biggest... Yeah, and um, I, think, I think the Yankees kind of, maybe not necessarily knew, but maybe knew that they were going to go with a rookie manager or whatever, and that's partially why they kept Larry Rothschild. I mean, he's obviously very highly regarded by the organization and around baseball, and, you know, he's done a good job with the pitchers that the Yankees have had over the last few years. But, you know, usually when you bring in a new manager, they have a chance to build their own staff, but any new manager that the Yankees brought on knew beforehand that Larry Rothschild was coming back as the pitching coach. And look, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted them to hire Pedro Martinez as their pitching coach because one, what he did with uh, Severino was well magical. And two, just, just seeing him in a Yankee uniform on the bench would just put the most sinister smile on my face every time I saw it. I haven't had I a know... good couple of Red Sox tears in a long time. <laughs> exactly. Th- th- those vintage Red Sox tears. Yes. In fact, Shaw, I'm going to ask you to, like, you know, Photoshop Pedro Martinez in a Yankee jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on that. <laughs> okay. That, the world needs to see it, even if we don't actually see it in person, but the world needs to see it just to, just to rile them up. Oh yeah, just get, get it right. Get get the cup, you know, get the cup going and just oh, the tears would be delicious. <laughs> but but no, I mean, honestly, like I'm neither here nor there on Larry Rothschild, but again, we'll see. Like yeah. it could just be a number of things. I said I'm excited to see what Boone can do. I mean, he seems like a, you know, funny guy. You know, I didn't mind him in the ESPN booth. You know, I thought it was fine. Although, I think it's funny A-Rod's replacing him in the booth. Yes, which we all know means that A-Rod will be the next Yankee manager in, like, ten years. It's just science. But yeah, rules is rules. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, no, I mean... I mean, Aaron Boone will be fine. I didn't really know if I had a preference going into the offseason. Like, I know Carlos Beltran was mentioned, and um, uh, who's the guy from the Giants? I'm forgetting his name. I honestly have already forgotten. Oh, Hensley, Hensley Mullins. Mullins, yes, Maybe thank I'm you. Maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. I apologize if I do, but I guess he was probably like who I was hoping for. But again, I mean, I'm not interviewing these guys. I don't know much about them or anything. And in Cashman, I trust. So let's hope that he made the right decision. Yes. So far, so good. You better though. have. 
Yeah, again, can't. Again, there's not really much to complain about the Yankees off. I mean, there's plenty to complain about for the off season, but right. for the Yankees off season, it's it's been pretty good. I must remind you, John Carlos Stanton is playing for the New York Yankees. John Carlos Stanton's a Yankee. It's yes, weird and awesome and unreal and awesome. Have I mentioned it's awesome? Because it's awesome. It's it's pretty awesome. I'll say, what do you think? He DHs more, or he plays right field. I guess that's so good. What's so good about it is you can clearly just swap Judge as the DH and uh, Stanton as the DH. I think they'll probably play Judge more in right field because honestly, I think I have to. I don't know. I haven't really seen too many Stanton fielding highlights, but everything I've seen from Judge is like he seems like the better fielder. But I can't. I have no actual proof of that besides. Yeah, I mean, me. I haven't watched enough Marlins games to know, and I'm. Um very happy that I don't know because I don't think I want to watch more Marlins games. But everything is great is in that, the Sunshine State. Yeah, right. But everything I read is that Stanton's also like a plus defender in right field. I don't yeah. know that they're going to give anyone more time than the other, except if it just happens naturally, whether it be like, oh, he's a little, you know, he just needs an extra day of rest here and there kind of thing. I do think they'll honestly just split it for the most part. And then go from there. Probably. That seems about right. The important thing is that Stanton is a New York Yankee. Exactly. And we get to watch you know. that, and it's wonderful. Yes, it's it, it's already pretty cool. Again, flick of the wrist, you know, off the wall double. That's that's pretty nice. Oh, those those uh, short porch right field home runs, they're <laughs> going to be pretty sweet. Yes. And you know. We talked about Judge and Stan, but and I think he's been overlooked this offseason, but let's not forget about Gary Sanchez and Greg Bird. And Sir Didi Gregorius. He had 25 home runs last year. Yeah. It's amazing, this team. I know. And, and hey, if they go, like, uh, Andujar at third base, he's going to hit, like, 40, calling it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, he's already a Hall of Famer, if yeah. to believe, be believed. Glaber, possibly six, Glaber's probably going to hit 60 home runs. Yes. Brett Gardner, thirty. All right, all right, twenty. I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give Gardner twenty. Oh, okay. Feeling generous, or yes, generous, but lenient. More, I would say more realistic yes. than generous. But oh no, the the lowest home run total on the team will be twenty. <laughs> I was just thinking. I was just trying to think of how many home runs Jacoby Ellsbury is going to hit, and my honest answer was four. Yeah. Which is which is pretty much the Chris Stewart package. Yeah, essentially. Now we just need somebody to call it. But I don't think Jacoby Ellsbury's reached full Chris Stewart status yet, though. I'll give him that much. Which is not yeah. a lot. Until unless he, you know, comes out of the game due to drinking sand or striking out on two pitches, I think. Yeah, I don't think he's quite there yet. Exactly. And plus, he at least gives us the joy of catcher's interferences, which are pretty awesome. He's Magnum CI. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I still love that photo. The mustache on there is my favorite part. Yes. Again, if you're not proud of the Mr. Clean Gardener sexy uh, sweeping thing, be proud of the Magnum CI. I am proud of that. I am proud of that. <laughs> That's good. All right. I think that about wraps it up for this podcast. I can't think of anything more pressing to talk. Oh, well, I mean, speaking of Gary Sanchez, did you see the one he hit over the scoreboard? I don't think that's landed yet. 
I'm waiting, no, that, I'm waiting for that to land, you know, in the year 3000, so then I can finally watch a highlight of it. Yeah, that's that's orbiting somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, again, a lot of exciting things to be to see this year. Exactly, and you know what? It's going to be a great year. Yes, and you know what? It's going to be a great new podcast. No more, no more Merns. Merns! His stats. Oh, and, and Waffles eating on the... Okay, Waffles never actually ate on the program, so let me let me not go there. I did consider just getting a thing of Oreos and keeping that by my <laughs> side. Oreos? Come, it's, it's, it's Girl Scout cookie season, man. I know, but I have Oreos right now. I don't have Girl Scout cookies. That's probably... That's right. I always, I always forget, like, it's so much harder to get Girl Scout cookies in the tri-state area. I live in Minnesota now. And they sell them in the, you know, there are Girl Scouts in the grocery stores, just like table as you exit. I was, the funniest thing was this weekend, like I got cash, because I normally don't carry cash on me, and I got cash back from the register, and uh, Maya just looks at me, she's like, you're going to buy Girl Scout cookies, aren't you? And I just looked at her and was like, yep. Because <laughs> I mean, my, so my five initial boxes are almost gone. I'm like, I need more. Exactly. And so right now I have to deal with Oreos. But I'm not even upset about it because I just discovered that Oreos, there's a coconut version of it. Really? Yes, and it's so good. It's like the Oreo Thins, but, like, the cream is coconut flavored, and it's amazing. I would try that. You know, I'm not not too big on the Oreo cream experimentation they've been doing recently, but that I would try. So I've tried some of them. Some of them are really weird. I tried. I got the this other one the other day. It was like a uh, hazelnut cocoa. The, it was like their Nutella, but I guess they couldn't say Nutella. That wasn't really good. <laughs> oh, but oh, that's too bad. It but, sounds good, but yeah, that's where it's at. I, I know. I'm, I'm not a like. I'm usually like an Oreo purist, but I would try that coconut one. Yeah. I mean, it's Milk's favorite cookie, though. So we just got to remember at the end of the day, Oreo, original Oreos are still probably the number one. Oh, Dunkable Cookie? Oh, no, just in general. Oh. As far as, like, the, in the Oreo hierarchy. Oh, well, yes. Oh, we're we talking just uh, we're talking just the Oreo hierarchy, not the just the Oreo hierarchy. hierarchy. Yeah, just the, just oh, okay. the Oreos. Regular Oreos still sit at the top. They still reign supreme. But the coconut yes. ones, they, they, they've got me. You talking double stuff, too, or just regular Oreos? I'm I'm a regular Oreos. I am too. I'm I'm of the one of those weird things where it's like the regular Oreo is just perfect. The double stuffed, you're pushing a little too hard. Yes. You, you throw off the cream to cookie ratio. Exactly. Like, don't mess with a good thing. Exactly. Well, now that we've finished this, you know, thrilling discussion of cookies, um, that's the thank only you for listening. Actually recorded. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Pinstripe Ballet Podcast. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think we're on Instagram now. Uh, Tyler runs the Instagram. I usually take care of the Twitter mostly. And I totally God, do I don't Instagram. Know who, I, I totally don't know who takes care of the Facebook. I'm going to say Tyler again. In fact, I'm going to say Tyler does most of like everything around here now. That checks out. Yes. So on Twitter, you can follow me at um, at, I'm not a home run hitter, uh, I'm not an HR hitter if you want to be specific, 
I believe they can follow you at you don't have a Twitter account. No, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Tyler D. Norton. Oh, okay. It's it's good that you finally joined and yes. chosen a name that's exactly like so, our new site managers. Anytime you want to say something to me, just tweet me and at me and uh, I'll respond. Oh, that's good. Yes. Good. I appreciate that. Should they even? They don't even need to hashtag uh, Twitterless Codens like we do on the main Pinstripe LA. Oh, no longer Twitterless. Yes, exactly. That's the key thing. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to love this. I'm sure he will. Oh, yeah. But you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave comments or feedback, give us suggestions, tell us how much you like Oreo cookies, and how about, what, what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Are you happy that Giancarlo Stanton is a Yankee? I can't imagine why you wouldn't be. And if you aren't, why are you listening to... I don't know. But... My name is Greg Kirkland. Uh, this is Kun Shaw, our new, newest Pinstripe Alley podcast member. And thank you for listening. Have a good day. And as always, go Yankees. Go Yankees.